here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Rob McCarron. Maybe, maybe Rob's just getting a little Twitter happy with polls. Maybe. Jeff Hawkins. Rob Ask, likes his polls. I do. I like the polls. I'm, I'm a big poll fan. I mean, I, as many polls as I can get in me, I will take them. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Maybe somewhere down the road a ways, you'll think of me, wonder where I am these days. Maybe somewhere down the road when somebody plays Purple Haze. The Traveling Wilburys, end of the line. Sasha and Charlotte looked to iron woman it up, and the New Day looked to coast across the finish line of a tag record on Raw. James Ellsworth ends his TLC with a bang, then comes on SmackDown with a whimper. Alexa Bliss is your new SmackDown women's champ, and people won't let her be happy about it. And we look at one of the great years for a singular star in wrestling as we watch two Ric Flair matches from 1989 for our top 100 match, both against Ricky Steamboat, Chi-Town Rumble, and WrestleWar 89. Here, as always, the host of Shake Them Ropes, Rob McCarron. And Rob, let's, uh, let's start with this. No. Would you have been upset. Okay, go ahead. If James Ellsworth, Ugh. given that AJ Styles had a walking boot on, had a one or two week title reign. Would I have been upset? Um, I wouldn't have been upset. It, it wouldn't have been what I would do, but you know, I'm no. not in charge. I just uh, saw people complaining that it would, it would hurt the validity of the title and all these other things. And look, I'm the most old school guy around. I, I, I think title should mean things, but it's not like the raw title means a whole lot with Kevin Owens. I like Kevin Owens as a wrestler. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a great performer, but the story is triple H gave him a belt and he's not the guy. He's a comedy figure right now in a main event slot on raw on SmackDown. If you had given James Ellsworth a two or one week title run, it's not going to make the title any, any worse because Vince McMahon doesn't care about a good wrestling product. He just wants an entertaining TV show that has wrestling on it. And the thing is, if if James Ellsworth wins the world title from AJ for a two-week run and then AJ comes back and just absolutely murders Ellsworth, right. gets back into focus, right. that's a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, exactly. there are different it's ways not, you can go about it. Yeah, it's not a it's I mean, we're in a post-Russo, post-modern era where I love how Russo has managed to make himself part of wrestling history, even though it's a bad thing, he's still gonna be remembered for years and decades. He's gonna be remembered as the guy who gave David Arquette the title. This is different than David Arquette, in my in my opinion. But I, I mean, I understand, I understand people's defensiveness about it. It just it seemed like they were freaking out about the possibility. I just I was like, okay, since when does Vince McMahon care about a high quality wrestling product versus being entertaining on television and having fun characters? Yeah, I, and it could have been fun. It could have been interesting. And yeah, I mean, what is? Uh, I mean, not. Not that any title right now is particularly important, but 
the top title right now is the U.S. title with Roman Reigns, is it not? No. What What is the top championship right now? Probably the Raw Women's title. I, see, I would think it could be that, and that would probably be, be my uh, number two right now. Um, number two for me is is the inter, is the inter, is the Intercontinental title. To be honest with you, I think nah, the Intercontinental title is more important than the U.S. title. Nah, I wouldn't do that. He I mean, at Roman least defend, that he, belt. he at least defends his title. Roman Reigns rarely defends his title. He's always just kind of moping around, just doing something and sucking in whatever program he's in. <laughs> that's uh, that's some anti-Roman Reigns bias right I there. I just I just find Roman Reigns. I, I you know he's there. He's always there, and he's not compelling to me as a character i just yeah. he he's he's the guy that you know should be it, it i'm trying to think of a corollary in other pop culture where this where the star of the show comes in and you just don't want to see him because everything else is so much better it, it's certainly an interesting time and december kind of always is even more so with the fact that john cena's been out for what seems like the entire year i mean it seems like he's been gone for you know, a very long period of time, but that was interesting. I, I, I kind of started and then stopped myself because I didn't know where you were going to go with uh, the upset part. Uh, Ellsworth. No, I wouldn't have been upset. It would have been TV for two weeks in December. Who cares? You know, there was a time in, you know, December and January where Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan was a member of the Wyatts, Like right. things happen in December. Things just happen. And, and not everything needs to be, you know, super monumental. Um, where I wanted to start, uh, on my end was why is it, do you think that people just won't let Alexa bliss be happy? Because I think the conditioning and the way the WWE plays everything so over the top. And so for the back of the room is that bad guys have to be bad all the time. And I think actually this happy moment gives her character some depth. Because she's being mean as a means to an end to get the title. She's looking for the title for validation. And that's all. I mean, that it's the same reason people acted up in school when you were there. They, they wanted, they just wanted someone to love them. And that's all Alexa bliss is doing. And I think, you know what? There's a, there's a raw corollary here too. Cause I thought Charlotte was fantastic this week. That promo where she's showing genuine emotion as opposed to scene chewing, evilness the way they write it i mean it's nice to have fully fleshed out characters and all it did was flesh out alexa bliss a little bit more and they did a good job of bringing it back to her not giving becky any credit so i i don't understand i didn't understand the criticism of alexa bliss at all yeah it, it's if you're not uh, familiar uh, with what's been happening obviously on uh, tlc this sunday alexa bliss won the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, and then immediately after the show on Talking Smack, she went on the show and and cried a little bit and, and teary-eyed. She she won the women's title, a belt that you know she probably wanted to win ever since coming into the company and and you know, validation for working hard and and growing in in WWE. And all the reaction was, I can't believe she's crying. I can't believe she's breaking character. LOL, she's breaking character. Like, what is what is she doing on this show? And like stop with the breaking character talk, you know, bad guys can feel glad that they win championships too. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the, the commentary that, Oh, once Becky was announced, she finally got back into character. I mean, no, once Becky was talked about, 
this was a heel who just won and wanted her moment not to be outshined. Mm-hmm. By, yeah, don't by talk about her person. when. Yeah, don't talk about her when I'm having my moment. And right. you know what? If you're gonna blame Alexa Bliss for breaking character, I want those same people to go after Renee Young because Renee Young is the one who brought up like mom being in the audience, right? Or, or Alexa brought it up. Uh, some one of them brought it up without prompting i thought and i thought it was renee young who brought it up and then alexa bliss expounded on it but you had to blame renee young then too and renee young is just trying to do a good interview here but yes bad guys have parents this may come as a shock to you you know it's i i just i i read the criticism of that it's oh she's supposed to always just be evil all the time no this makes her a better bad guy this makes her a more human bad guy as opposed to a mustache twirling villain who ties women to, you know, train tracks, you know, the way that, you know, Vince McMahon always does that big, you know, Vince McMahon is, does the Al Pacino school of acting where everything's such a big over dramatic, just garbage performance to me. I mean, it's yeah, I, I didn't get it. The only way to be a true bad guy, Jeff, is to kill your father with a lightsaber <laughs> and send him down a bridge on some uncharted planet. Bad guys don't think they're bad. They just they just think that the, that's the way they have to do things to get to their ends. I mean, and that's what makes a good bad guy. And I think it helps Alexa quite a bit to show a little bit of humanity is underneath the defensiveness. Because when she if she ever turns babyface, it'll help her. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. By the way, Han Solo dies. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I want to thank Bro- Mac Weldon for coming back onto the podcast. MacWeldon.com. Mac Weldon sponsoring the show this week. This is Shake Them Ropes episode 186. We are inching ever so closer to, Uf, uh, to UFC 200, to Shake Them Ropes 200, <laughs> where we will also bring Brock Lesnar back. Uh, Mac Weldon is reinventing men's basics. They believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. You just have to go to MacWeldon.com. And right now, if you go to MacWeldon.com, you can save 20% off your first order by using promo code VOICES, V-O-I-C-E-S. Use promo code VOICES at MacWeldon.com. Save 20% off your first order. Find out about Mac Weldon, what GQ calls the best new menswear to buy right now. Uh, they have cool things going up for the holidays right now, too. They have the gift shop, which is available on the front page of MacWeldon.com, where they've simplified the shopping even more than regular for you, where they've grouped together some of their most popular items into little gift bags, which you can purchase, get for yourself, get for, uh, if you're a lady out there, get for your favorite man in your life. If you're a man out there, get for your favorite man in your life, whatever the case may be. You can shop right now. MacWeldon.com makes the holiday gift buying easy macweldon.com promo code voices save 20 percent at macweldon.com promo code voices uh jeff if you're looking for holiday ideas that's the place to go yes i'm glad they simplified it because i am a dumb dumb man yeah we're dumb dumbs we go oh, mac weldon yeah. we buy clothes do it do it right now um uh yeah han solo does uh what about uh you know what i want to want to ask you about and this is completely mm-hmm. off topic go ahead because i was about to ask you something off topic Oh, th- this is going to be the off-topic episode of Shake Them Ropes. Uh, oh, is it? Six. You, you don't want to talk about it, Raw? I, I miss... Uh, no, I want to talk about how I miss WWE Breaking Ground, and I want it to come back right now. Okay. I miss it. 
do you not miss it? I want to see what happens in the evolution of Tino Sabatelli. I want to see the return and the uh, the working you to the just return of the to see Tino Sabatelli. No, shut the shut up. Don't don't do this to me. I, I no look. I want to see what I, Nia Jax is up to. Really, I don't want to see it unless they're going to do something with it. And that's that was my issue is that they built all these great characters and personalities. And all of them are dying for the most part in, in various ways. They, they didn't capitalize on any of the popularity of this at all. I want to, I want to see breaking ground, the college years following like Baron Corbin up on the main roster, following Nia Jax up on the main roster and just seeing their sadness as they're told that they have to wrestle Callisto again and that they have to wrestle Alicia Fox again. <laughs> Have them come back to NXT and tell what's really like on the main roster. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so yeah, you had you had the uh, special moment in the uh, first season of Breaking Ground where you had Tyler Breeze get called up, and he's called in front of all the guys in NXT, and and everyone's cheering for him, and he's looking so shy and humbled. I, I want to see him go back and like, what is what has it been for the year that you've been up, Tyler Breeze? Talk about now. Like, are you are you still humbled? Do you still feel the same way? Like, what's what do you feel like now that you've been on the main roster for a year? I want to, I want to see a really in-depth version of breaking ground and then kind of interspersed in there. I want to see Tino Sabatelli's younger brother, try to get signed. Oh God. <laughs> see his sweet ride driving throughout Florida to various spot shows where yeah, they almost does, kill main eventers. How does Tino Sabatelli's younger brother have a sweet ride? How does that work? Bro money, bro. Uh, I guess I guess it's yeah. that NFL, that Arizona Cardinal money. Um, okay. So that was my off topic moment of the week. What is yours? Oh no. I was just thinking about the Mac. Well, I, I, have you ever, uh, I don't know. Have you ever run into someone you dated a couple times after a few years, just offhand randomly? I had that happen, but she didn't recognize me. And she goes, I've met you before. Oh, Where that's the worst. That? it's like oh we went out a couple times and i kind of liked you i've had the i've had the first part obviously where you run into uh you know the the at one time uh attractive uh attractee whatever it may be right Um, no i've never had it to where they didn't recognize me she she just looks at me for a moment and i'm I'm at a restaurant bar or whatever getting a drink and it's like i know you from somewhere we went out a couple times four years ago and then you that, now was that cut off all react? contact. It, How'd you like to meet my fiance? Uh, no, oh, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> you didn't play that upright. You didn't play it upright, Jeff. See what happens is if that happens and you know, you recognize the you person, keep your record- mouth shut. You keep your mouth shut, right? I, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Yes. I, I don't recognize you. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever met you before. That's how you play it off. Oh, I know. I know this, but I'm I'm just, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I realized this 20 seconds after, yeah, we went out a couple of times. I go, you shouldn't have said that, you moron. That's that's also the thing, because you could have the best game plan ever, but when the moment comes, it's like, it's like Jeopardy. We all think we can answer those questions, but then the moment comes and you can't hit the buzzer. I am a terrible liar in real life, other than playing poker. And that's the thing is I live, my friends love this about me. They go, you live without a filter. And that's the good thing about you, but you live without a filter. That's the bad thing about you. And I go, yes, I know, but I I never have to feel guilty either necessarily. I just, it's, uh, God, I couldn't believe I did that. I go 15 seconds after I said, that, I go, that's the dumbest thing you've ever said. That was dumb. Yes. At least you know it now. Maybe you'll be better prepared the next time. Oh, no, I'll do it again because I'm an idiot. Okay. <laughs> you're, 
you'd do it again because you're an idiot. That's fine. At least you know that. Uh, she would have remembered you, by the way, if you were wearing your Mack Weldon hoodie. He's stupid, but he knows that he is stupid, and that almost makes him smart. Yes. I got the old list of topics here, and we should talk about um, – because it's somewhat interesting, and you, you we've had the Charlotte and Sasha Banks going back and forth. Now we're going to have an Iron Man match, thirty minutes mm-hmm. at uh, Roadblock end of the line, the second Roadblock pay per view of this year, uh, and the second all time, in fact. Um, so 2016 keeps on winning. Sasha Charlotte, thirty minute Iron Man match. Uh, they did not do what I thought they might and keep them separated until WrestleMania. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be the end-all be-all. I can honestly see a tie after 30, and then it just never ends. Uh, and then on Raw the next night, we get the old Shikara scenario where they're still wrestling at the beginning of Raw. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to make of this with an Iron Man match. Uh, I was going to think that they use it. activities, possibly. Yeah, I thought, I thought they were going to use it to break it off eventually, but then they sent Nia Jax on this NXT tour. Yeah. So I was like, okay, huh. You know, Australia really needed to see some Nile or Nia Jax. That was going to boost the ticket sales. <laughs> I don't know. Has she been sent down officially? No, I don't think so. It's just a matter of finding things to do because you're going to have Emma coming back here soon. Uh, <coughs> so oh, there's that cough again. You're gonna you're gonna have Emma coming back soon. So now you're or you're really you have Bailey back there. So maybe Nia is just the odd man out. Yeah, that could be it. But you're going to have this Iron Man match, uh, Sasha Charlotte. I, I think it'll be the end. Like, I, I thought the last one was the end. But here you go, pay-per-view. I, could this be the one that breaks the Charlotte streak? I don't think so. I think they give the belt back to Charlotte. Did you end up uh, perfect on TLC? I know you were you were told me when you were like 3-0. and I did. When, when, I hit the, when I hit the Alexa Bliss one, I knew I'd be perfect. Really? Yeah. Huh. You should have bet. Go me. They take they take betting on these things, you know. Yeah, but that's overseas stuff, and I don't want to get my credit card. You could have parlayed. You might have eh. might have been like a hundred air. <laughs> what did you think of the uh, show overall? I liked it. I thought it was a solid, solid TLC. I, I, I look, it's nothing exemplary, but there was nothing on that show that, for me, necessarily dragged. I mean, even that Carmella Nikki Bella match wasn't wasn't the most offensive thing to watch. It was still, no. you know, fascinating in many ways to me. I didn't dislike anything. I enjoyed the show. Uh, you know, Randy Orton went in the tag team titles, you know, awesome. Um, interesting that that started up the show. I didn't expect that to be the first match in the show. Uh, I, you thought, know, Heath, went in I thought Heath and Rhino might get some offense, but they got no offense tonight and they got no offense on Sunday. No, that, that was the killing of their team. I mean, they're done. Yeah. I don't know if they're done. They could be, you know, Fandango and Tyler Breeze. They can still be around, but they're not going to be in the tag team title picture anymore. That that era is over. So what's next with them? I don't know. Uh, but you have Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton as the tag team champions. So that's giving credibility to those belts. I My favorite match of the night, honestly, was the Alexa Bliss win. Did, was it? Yeah. No, huh. I, I thought that match was fun. I thought the table spot at the end, you know, I, I heard some people calling it anticlimactic. I didn't think so. I think, you know, it built up perfectly fine. And then Alexa gets the shock win, which you wouldn't expect. I was, I was expect- hoping, I was hoping Alexa bliss would bring out a WLC table because those tables no, no. were just too big for her to carry. Uh, my favorite part about this match was actually the, the touch after it where Dasha comes out to try and interview Becky and Becky's just not having it. I thought that was, yeah, she was finally. 
some realism in there. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. I like the realism going out of that because you're you have Becky who's a baby face who's mad that she lost and actually, you know, was kind of rude to Dasha there early on. Mm-hmm. Um and and kind of apologized and saved it and like, oh, I'm not mad at you. I'm just frustrated. I'm like, yeah, that that was interesting that that was the start of something. You have Alexa on Talking Smack being happy she won until Becky's name was mentioned. Uh, I really like the presentation all the way around from Becky and Alexa Bliss. And now you can see where that goes because you have you have Nikki Bella and Alexa could be the next step. Uh, we don't have a SmackDown pay-per-view until Royal Rumble. So we have quite a bit of time where things can either develop or actually take place on SmackDown itself. So there's a lot of time for, for these things to kind of grow and see where it goes. But I, I thought TLC was a, uh, was a thumbs up show easily. And Miz was great. I thought in, in both the match and after the match, I thought yep. he was, I mean, that match was pretty darn good. I mean, no, nobody's given Dolph a lot of credit because Dolph's kind of been forgotten here, but uh Dolph was pretty damn good in that match too. And then of course uh, I thought I, I was going to text you, because of the things you said about Dean last week, I was going to ask you if you thought Dean upped his game enough for you to get off his back for a week. Dean Ambrose was the third best man in that main event match. Wow. After the ref or after James Ellsworth and, and AJ? Ellsworth and AJ. Okay. Now, now <laughs> I, I didn't actually like Ellsworth celebrating AJ's win as much as he was, because if the whole yeah. reason is the fact that you know he's delusional and he thinks he can beat AJ, he mm-hmm. shouldn't really be celebrating the AJ. I agree. I agree. You know, not outwardly, like he's on team AJ. So I I thought that could have been played differently. And, you know, we don't know if James Ellsworth is good enough to actually play things right. And so these types of examples, while a small sample kind of tell us whether he is good or not for doing what he's doing. And that was a, uh, that was a poor performance from James Ellsworth. I thought the only thing that would have helped it is if he skipped around the ladder before he pushed it over, could have used that kind of callback to the, uh, to the glory days of miss april jean lee um yeah i i thought uh tlc won't be a memorable show but it was interesting it was better than the tlc uh, tlc show that i went to back in uh like 2014 i think the one that was in cleveland the main event of dean ambrose and bray wyatt with roman reigns coming in and dean ambrose getting the loss via exploding tv oh, God. better than that show oh yeah heads and shoulders above that show I, there wasn't a match I didn't like on the mat other than maybe the opening five on I, five. I thought, th- I mean, hell, Baron Corbin Callisto tore it up. Oh, God. Callisto over to Callisto became interesting in that match, which he hadn't been for many, many weeks. And I thought Baron Corbin was, was just perfectly fine as a monster in that. Yeah, Baron was great. It really picked up. The crowd was horrible during it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we can't we can't blame crowds. They're either going to be into something or they're not into something. You know, it's it's ten thousand people in there. We can't blame the crowd. They're going to do what they do. You got to blame. You got to blame the stylized, you know, way that WWE presents its product. Because I thought, you know, on Raw and maybe yeah, on Raw and at that pay per view, I didn't think the crowds were. Uh, it, it shocked me how low energy the crowds were. I'm not going to bl- crowd shame, but it shocked me how low energy they were for things that I thought were pretty good. Like like on Monday night, the the Rich Swan match. He wasn't getting anything for that entrance or nothing. even the match. Yeah, nothing. He he got absolutely nothing. And it took 15 minutes of his match with Kendrick for the crowd at SmackDown to care last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I didn't look uh, to see. I believe Rich Swan re- retained his championship tonight. Mm-hmm. I believe I, I don't know that for a fact. I guess I uh, I'll look that up while we're talking here. Um, 
What do you make of this? So, so here we are now. We're six months into this brand split. We have, you know, pay per view shows seemingly every other weekend. Uh, the next one is coming up December eighteenth. So what? Yep. That's going to be one, uh, two weeks from now, less yes. than two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so another one's coming up here with with Roadblock End of the Line. Uh, have you watched anything on the network outside of our top one hundred matches? and outside of live network shows? Have you been watching any of the other original shows? Have you been watching anything on the network uh, from the on-demand library? Like, what has your network usage been? Because to me, the only things I've watched really are the live event specials, and then I'm away from the network for a while. I've been going through the 605s for World Championship Wrestling, and I try and do like an episode of that on Saturday mornings. And then I got in the middle of one this week and I realized I got a pay-per-view and I have two fairly long Ric Flair matches I need to watch. I shouldn't be watching anything extraneous <laughs> given the homework that I have. So no, I think you're right. I mean, I mean, you got the NXT, you got 205 Live. I watched I watched uh I went back and watched Talking Smack on the network after TLC, but I mean for for the rest of the week, I mean I I almost had something to watch every day. Right. It, it was just, it was almost too much to be honest with you. Yeah, I, guess, I guess my point is when this network first started, like the big thing was all the on-demand stuff you can go watch. And now, right. I mean, it's now like I don't Netflix have time. Yeah. yeah. It, it's like Netflix for me now. It's, it's the original shows that I'm going for. I'm not going for movies that they have on there or old TV shows. I'm going for the original stuff. And I guess that's a good thing. You want to go for original stuff and they want you to go for original stuff but I'm not I watching have, anything on the on-demand library. See, I have no interest in the original stuff for the most part, other than talking smack. I think, you know, table for three the, was cool when it started. Oh yeah. No table for three was fantastic. A lot of these shows are fantastic. They just, they just peter out after a while. Cause they, you know, they either start guarding it a lot more in terms of what you're going to say, or people become less and less interesting that they're putting on there. Like I, you know, I, no offense. I don't, Ryback isn't a compelling storyteller to me <laughs> in any way. Um, although now that the Vaude villains have puppets, man, oh that SmackDown pre-show might be something. No, thanks. <laughs> We're making the story that Jerry Lawler was fired from the pre-shows and might not have a job with WWE much longer. I saw that he and Lita were both dismissed that they were taken off TV. Is that not true? No, it seems like that's the case that Lawler is Good. no longer on the pre-shows and you know they're going to do something else with Lita. I don't know what else you do with Jerry Lawler. I mean, there's already four men on SmackDown. They can't get another one. I have no is- issue with saying sayonara to Jerry Lawler. I've I've never been a fan of his in his WWE run as a commentator. He's okay, he's but, not done a lot to right. me, but the anti-Sophie's choice here. Who would okay. you rather have on Raw, Byron or Lawler? Byron. Really? Yes. See, that's a tough call for me. I think I'd rather have Lawler. Oh, no, no, no. Byron, Byron's not, Byron may not add anything, but he doesn't take away from the show necessarily. I mean, he can be there and be a patsy for Corey Graves, and I'm fine with that. Jerry Lawler would try and put some very bad joke in there and just make me hate watching it even more. I'm going to put that on the poll. Okay. I'm going to put that on the poll at McListens, M-C-L-I-S-T-E-N-S. Follow Jeff on Twitter at CrapGame13. I'm going to put that on the poll. Who would you rather have on Raw, Jerry Lawler or Byron Saxton? So go vote on the old Twitter machine. And I'm going to put one, which would you rather have, McListens or McRib, which is back. Is the McRib back? McRib is back. I've had the McRib before. It's been a while. 
I enjoy um, the McRib. I do. It's it's actually I like it a lot. Okay. Uh, hey, good for you. Um, now we just need McDonald's <laughs> to sponsor the show. Okay. Yeah. Send people to McDonald's. That would be cool. Um. Yeah, I miss Breaking Ground. I want it back so much. I w- I want the first scene in the next Breaking Ground season to be. I got shocked. some. Ba- I got some bad news for you because I actually did something this weekend. I actually oh. went and put in Tino in the search box. Okay. No matches come up. In the search box for what? The network. Yeah. That can't be true. It's true. They have Tino Sabatelli matches on NXT. Yeah, well, they they're so bad they don't bother to list them. That's sad. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the old uh, show search. You just search Tino. Yeah. Someone's got to come up. Nope. All right. The, I, you you search on network.wwe.com. Uh, search results for Tino. The first thing is TM61 versus Riddick Moss and Tino Sabatelli from the tag team tournament. See, I opened it and I put it on my Apple TV and it said in Tino and there were no listings for Tino Sabatelli. Huh. Maybe. Yeah, I guess they have uh, they have different search functions on oh, Apple TV they? as okay. well as the website. Okay. So that makes sense. There's not many results that do come up. There's like there's four results. Uh, bo- two of them are the tag team tournament match against TM61. The other two are two random episodes of Breaking Ground. Yeah, As we Cal- used to date. That's how we know each other. As <laughs> Cal Bishop continues his injury-plagued return, Tino is helping his brother start his own journey to NXT. This is what I loved about Breaking Ground. Is you have The whole show is set up to talk about how Tino is starting his journey in NXT. Yet one of the episodes is about how Tino, who's not even made it yet and can't even make the cards in Largo, Florida, is trying to get his brother a job. This, this is a generous man. Okay, <laughs> who is putting others in front of himself? Hold on, episode one. Episode one of Breaking Ground was about Tino getting demoted from from advanced to beginner again because he was so bad. See, I vaguely remember that, but I can't possibly <laughs> believe that's true because why would Tino ever get demoted? This guy is a rocket to the top. Oh, Not how much longer is this bit gonna last? Was Sawyer Fulton axed? It sure seems that way. Okay. And already kicked out of sanity. Oh, was he yeah. kicked out of sanity officially? Okay. Well, yeah. Kicked out of sanity. Sad. I don't know. Maybe he's hurt. I don't know. It seems really random that he would already be out. I don't know. I don't know. I thought that's just what they do is they just beat guys up because they're insane weirdos. Yeah, I want the first episode of Breaking Ground to be all the shocked faces as Christopher Hero walks back into the NXT Performance Center. That's what I want to see. As Cassius Ono or as Chris Hero? As Chris Hero. Hey, what do you make of it? What do you make of Chris Hero heading back to WWE possibly? Uh, I, you know what? I think he'd be a great addition to NXT. I think he'd be a great addition to the main roster. I, you know, I'm not shocked by this because I think most of his issues were with the old regime. It seems like this is a guy that wants to be there. It's just they didn't want him there for a while. And if he's thinking long term, it's probably the best place for him to be if he's ever going to be, you know, once he's done wrestling, if he wants some type of a mentor or coaching gig or, you know, to be something in WWE, an agent, who knows? He might be uh, my wrestler of the year this year. I, I haven't seen a bad match a out of people. I haven't seen a bad match out of him. So, I mean, he deserves to be on the biggest stage possible. Now, the problem <laughs> is, uh, again, San Antonio. Oh, sure. Yeah. Against, against Bobby Roode. Um, look, 
but you and I both know we've done this show long enough and you know, my cynicism long enough to know that being a great wrestler is about the fourth or fifth aspect of what they look for in a guy. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting year for NXT too, because I mean, you go back a couple of years and this was Sami Zayn's promotion. You go back last year, it was Finn Balor's promotion. Uh, you go back uh, this year, it was kind of Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura's promotion. Are we really looking at a year where this is going to be Bobby Roode's promotion? No. Bobby Roode will be the foil to whoever's going to be the main guy. I, yeah, I, I think so. I hope so. Cause I don't know if I can handle a Bobby Roode promotion. I mean, I couldn't handle it when he was top dog in TNA. Unless Bobby Roode all of a sudden gets that kind of Goldberg infused charisma that can yeah, look, no, I, no. I think Bobby Roode's a solid enough promo. He's a solid enough performer. He just doesn't have that transcendent right. aura about him in his, in his, in his promos. He never has. Yeah. Bobby Roode's promotion. Maybe it'll be Chris Hero's promotion. Maybe it'll be Austin Aries's promotion. Maybe it'll be Big Damo's promotion. Maybe TM61. Maybe uh, maybe Shane Thorne will clone himself, and it can be a tag team of Shane Thorne and Shane Thorne and kick maybe Mitch Miller to the Tino, curb. Maybe Tina will finally be made a manager as opposed to an in-ring performer and be the mouthpiece for Bobby Roode. I got to tell you, I question if they're holding off Tino Sabatelli to debut on the main roster and not even have him in NXT. You know what? They may, just may put him in the Hall of Fame without ever coming up. Hey, I, they're looking for a main eventer for Orlando. <laughs> maybe, maybe Tino can get his brother a spot on the undercard for the Hall of Fame. This is just a guy who he gives. He doesn't take. He gives. Maybe Tino's brother can work for uh, Dewey Foley. Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is the new NXT world champion. Yes. Defeating Samoa Joe in uh, Osaka, Japan on the 3rd of December. Yes. Uh, so he is going to head into the new year as the champion of the earth, as long as that earth is in Winter Park, Florida. Uh, what do you make of the hot shotting of the title there? Does it matter? Is it a cool thing that they had Nakamura win it in Japan? Uh, because now you have Samoa Joe, who's still, you know, still a big deal. He's the only man to defeat Shinsuke in NXT. Uh, are they going to go with this all the way to... San Antonio, or is it going to be Bobby Roode and Shinsuke and Samoa Joe will move on to something else? I thought it was unnecessary and cynical booking, to be honest with you. I, I don't think Shinsuke Nakamura needed a big win in Japan in order to keep the Japanese crowd happy. I don't think you ever had to take the belt off of him. I think he would have been fine. He has enough of a star aura. It was, it, it was just, it's nervousness. It's, you know, it's, focus group testing it's things like that and they probably looked and said "Ooh, this will endear us to these people and and they just decided to hot shot the belt i i think that it would have been better off with shinsuke just coming back as a conquering hero rather than as a guy who needed a win in his hometown necessarily that uh if you're listening to this right after we release it on tuesday night or wednesday morning uh that match spoiler will be shown. Well, I mean, it's out there. It was on WWE's page. It was everywhere. Oh, I know, but people complained. So. Eh, yeah. Well, what do you? I mean, what are you going to do? Han Solo died. So, what does it matter? What does any of this matter, really? Rosebud I mean, is a sled. Are you going to watch that uh, that Rogue One movie? I'm excited for Rogue One. Eh, I will. 
uh, you know, I, I'm, George I'm, Lucas liked it better than The Force Awakens. See, that makes me more nervous than anything. <laughs> if he likes it, that must mean it's. He crazy. likes it. It may mean it's crap. I, I look forward to how they explain how they have so much diversity in casting, and then all of a sudden the Empire becomes Lily White along with the Rebels. We had uh, Brian Kendrick <laughs> did lose. Rich Swan is still the cruiserweight champion, and it appears that they are heading towards a triple threat. At whatever the uh, so what roadblock end of the line triple threat yes. with T.J. Perkins. Okay, I'm fine with that. It, they had the old mix-up where Rich Swan and T.J. Perkins were fighting off Kendrick, but T.J. accidentally super kicks Mister Swan. The old classic yes. oopsie daisy. And the crowd will go mild because there's not a lot of crossover between Raw and the network, so. I just, I don't know. I don't have, know. Yeah, we have three matches official for Roadblock, end of the line. And you can't just say Roadblock, Mr. Jeff Hawkins. You have to say Roadblock, end of the line. Can I call it Roadblock 2, Electric Boogaloo? No, you are not allowed to. In fact, okay. you are now given a 15-second timeout from the show. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns for the World Heavyweight Championship of the Universe. Seth Rollins, Chris Jericho in a singles match. And Sasha Banks, Charlotte for the uh, Raw Women's Championship in an Iron Man match. Uh, so we have no U.S. title match. Uh, we have probably the Cruiserweight match that's going to happen. We're probably going to have a secondary women's match featuring Emma, probably against Bailey. I would imagine. Maybe Nia Jax is involved. Maybe Emma doesn't wrestle for a while. Maybe Emma Lena just comes down, struts, does her thing, and then doesn't wrestle. Uh, kind of the Eva Marie gimmick, you know? Eva Alicia Marie's Fox. Gone. Alicia Fox. I think takes a loss. Could do something with Alicia Fox. Uh, and then, yeah, they'll fill out the card with whatever happens. Probably a Cesaro Sheamus deal, uh, some type of you know tag team title match. Who knows? Um, the tag team record is about to be broken, right? Next week, supposedly, if they win. And what's the match going to be? Triple threat. That's right. That's right. They have to win. I think but so. And I think they win by crook. I think they cheat and they become full-fledged deals. Could be. Yeah. Keep that title. Keep that championship. Uh, it depends on how many boxes of bootios they've made and that they still have to sell. Because <laughs> you got to be baby faces to sell that stuff. Got to be John Cena to sell the boxes of uh, cereal that don't, don't, they don't even consider it cereal. It's just a box. There's no cereal in there. Just well, one member, one member of Demolition is suing the company. So I assume they'd want to get Demolition off the record books. Yeah, that could be. Yep. All right. They'll do that. It is time for our top 100 match. Yes. Top 100 matches to see before you die that are available on WWE Network, a list that is severely out of date because it came out two years ago. Mm -hmm. But we have number 11, Ric Flair, Rick Steamboat from the NWA Chi-Town Rumble in 1989. This was the first of their classic trilogy, a trilogy that Dave Meltzer gave five stars to in every single turn because Dave Meltzer just loves handing out five stars. Just and loves it. Yeah, and we're also... Thing. And we're also going over Wrestle War, correct? Uh, we can talk about we, it. Well, well, the plan was we we're going to go over both because I screwed up the first time and I went with yeah. Chi-Town Rumble. Keywords, so him, you yeah. screwed up. Oh, no, I know. I, 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 I realize this. I screwed up. But, of course, That's you right. know. The, the Wrestle War 1989, which was the third match yes, of the series. The last one. And I agree that it's inferior to this one. Yeah, they that was match number seventeen on our poll. Uh, Jeff watched the wrong one, Shy Town Rumble, which is fine. You know, it happens. Uh, this was the third of their classic trilogy. They did wrestle a couple of times four years later uh, in WCW. Um, 
those matches which uh, were not as well received, but that's okay. These two guys were in their prime. With Ric Flair was how old in 1989? Still in his like 40s, 40. right? Yeah, early 40s. He was 40 or 41, I believe. Um, early 40s. Chi Town Rumble, the start of their classic. Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat. Your memories of this match and what changed as you revisited the match. Well, if you had told me that 1989 was going to be a hot year for anybody, I I would have laughed at the time because the NWA was really suffering at this time. I'm going to do a little bit of table setting for you. Go here, for it. Late 87, late, late 87, uh, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard leave the promotion over a dispute over a contract. Um, Ric Flair likes to say it's because Paul Ellering was getting paid more than either Tully or Arn and and they were doing yeoman's work. So they went to the WWF. Um, as we continue going on, Dusty Rhodes gets suspended late in the year. So he's he's going to be on his way to the WWF soon. He gets kind of jettisoned off to Florida for a while um, after, uh, after the whole Road Warriors spike in the eye uh, thing. And as we get into 1989, so to speak, it, it, it becomes apparent J.J. Dillon's going to be leaving pretty soon because the horsemen are getting transferred over to um, Hiro Matsuda, which is why he is seconding in in both the, the second and third matches of the trilogy, the second match being at uh, Rage and Cajun uh, Clash of the Champions, number six. Um, and, and, you know, with Arn and Tully gone, the horsemen have kind of gone out. The top babyface is gone with Dusty. They're trying to reform the horsemen now with, Barry, Rick, Kendall Windham, Butch Reed, and Michael Hayes. Later becomes, I think, the uh, Nakatami or Yakatami Corporation. It, it, it's not going well. They're, they're trying to bring in guys like Bam Bam Bigelow, um, which fails. Sting has been moved down the card, as has Lex Luger, in a way. And they're really trying to find anything that starts to click. And what happens is they start this little program with Eddie Gilbert and challenging Ric Flair. Eddie Gilbert, having been a heel in the UWF, kind of had been, uh, you know, turned into this reluctant baby face, so to speak. Uh, And the horsemen, what's left of them, basically Barry and Rick, are picking on Eddie Gilbert. And so Eddie Gilbert says, I found a partner. And so on an episode of World Championship Wrestling, a guy comes out in a dragon costume, hitting the nail a little bit on the head there, but it turns out, of course, to be Ricky Steamboat. And then it starts this trilogy of matches, which are just fantastic, starting with uh, the Chi-Town Rumble match, which this is a manly, manly match, I, w- I would say, Rob. I, In terms of being the best match on this top 100, I would put it at number one for me in terms of not my favorite match, but the best match in terms of watching it. Cause this is just smacks and knee drops and, and just a crowd that is just hot for this. I, you know, it, it's great for you historians or people who are interested in such things in the front row, hard camera side, Dave Meltzer, Chicago bears running back, Brad Muster, and next to those two, a very svelte and very young Dr. Lucha, Steve Sims, watching this match. Um, the, the story of this match is, is of course, that, that, that Ricky Steamboat wins the title from Flair. Um, and 
it, it Tommy Tommy Young takes a breath bump. They're teasing the dusty finish. Teddy Long comes out, counts the three, and then Tommy Young agrees with him. I, this match, I think, I, I love it. What is this your first time seeing this match? It is my first time seeing all of it. Okay. No. Um, oh wow, you'd never seen a Steamboat Flare match before, huh? Well, no, I watched. I mean, I watched Wrestle War. You know, when okay. it was coming up for the week that we did it. But as far as yeah. this, uh, the Shy Town Rumble, I had seen bits and pieces. I, I've specifically gone to the network before to watch it but i never finished it and i never watched the whole thing so you know i was kind of motivated here to watch the whole thing because of it was number 11 on our list but yeah it's the right. first time i've ever seen the whole thing it is not the first time i've seen a flare steamboat match i actually uh you know one of their 94 matches i've seen in its entirety on like a saturday okay. night or whenever it was um i've seen those matches before i saw this classic trilogy the funny thing is Ric Flair doesn't even think that this is his one of his better matches. He thinks he's much better back in 85 because I listened to his podcast going over this as you're talking. Now, the funny thing about this is they weren't even sure if they're going to put the belt on Steamboat at the time until about an hour beforehand. It, uh, George Scott, they had come up with all these different endings and things like that and rick flair who was getting the book because dusty was gone was saying look just put the belt on rick steamboat we'll go from there um which, which i found funny the only detriment to me about this this first match in, in wrestle war i mean it, it, at chi town rumble was the commentary because it sounded like jim ross and magnum ta were sharing a microphone and up until this this new generation of the david otungas and the <laughs> and the byron saxons Magnum TA was possibly the, one of the worst color commentators other than Johnny Miller I, or Johnny Weaver I had ever heard because he doesn't add a lot. He tries hard. They had tried to put him on the UWF show with Jim Ross and just he doesn't have a lot of a lot of sparkling charisma in terms of his color commentary. He had a lot of gruff, tough guy charisma that came out as a wrestler, but didn't didn't really serve the television product too well. Is that would that be a fair assessment in your estimation? Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So after that, they did a two out of three falls match at, uh, at clash of the champions that ended somewhat controversial. So they decide, you know what? We need a, a, a follow-up to that. And so they decided to get judges for this, for wrestle war 89. <laughs> yep. And the judges here were Luthez, Pat O'Connor and Terry Funk. I loved when they brought in judges because it never went well and it was just the most absurd thing. I, I liked it here and I'll tell you why. Terry Funk did the color commentary for the Flair Steamboat two out of three match on yes, the Clash did. of the Champions. Yep. And he was a judge here. Now, the thing is, when you do judges, usually you're going to go to the judges and it's going to be, you know, two, two to one in favor of someone. But the judges here are a red herring. In every way, because this match at Wrestle War ends in a clean pin. It ends with Flair pinning Rick Steamboat to win back the title. This is more to me of a story match because what you're doing is this entire time you're thinking that it's going to have to go to the judges. So while while it's not as a quality fight type match as Chi Town Rumble, in my opinion, what it is is basically. Rick Steamboat working the shoulder for a while and then Ric Flair getting back and getting some action in there to keep it lively, but also to keep it even. So they're always trying to keep it even 
in, because everybody's mindset is that it's going to go the full 60 here and then it's going to go the judges and then something's going to happen with the judges. But what the judges are here for is to then transfer it to the next story after this, which is just as good with Terry Funk coming in and challenging Ric Flair for that first title match, but he's not in the top 10. And then one of the best beatdowns ever is Terry Funk pile driving Ric Flair onto a table. But for my preferences, I prefer the Chi-Town Rumble match over the Wrestle War match. Um, there's also a fourth match uh, from a fan cam that Dave Meltzer actually said was six stars. If he could give six stars, he would have given it to him. I've seen it. It's pretty good. It's a lot shorter than the other matches. It's from, I believe, Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and I think you can find it on Daily Motion. But all these matches, all three of this series, and then the Funk series are just, I mean, they're just guys that have certain years, and Ric Flair 89 was one of them. It, it, go out and watch Chi-Town Rumble tomorrow. I mean, if, if for anything, just to watch Dave Meltzer just mark out like a like a 16-year-old fanboy like I was. I mean, he's just, every every hard chop, he's, ooh, you know, just kind of, you know, you get the Ghiblies. And and the crowd is hot for the Chi Town Rumble. I I I I marvel at a crowd being this engaged and not sitting on their hands and waiting for a finisher. So that's that's what I've always loved about the old NWA. Match number ten on our countdown next, and I nope. filled that oh, match succinctly. You did a very good job. So I don't okay. Wanna... I, I was okay. I thought I was waiting for your thoughts, and you had never since this was kind of your first foray. Into the I mean, it, it's Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat. I love old Ric Flair. I really do. Okay. I, I think Ric Flair's the best. Yeah. And, and 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 I love watching old Ric Flair because he seems to be like one of the few kind of who get it and like knows what you're doing there. And everyone else is trying to be super athletic guy. It's kind of like Dolph Ziggler disease. Everyone's trying to be Dolph Ziggler back then. Dolph Ziggler's trying to be them from back then where it's like, you can't just be good in the ring or take bumps. Got to be a superstar. Well, let me ask you this because I'm always fascinated by our kind of generational gap here. Were you at all put off by, for lack of a better term, the slowness of the match? I mean, you've gone through Harley Race and Ric Flair where they basically did nothing. But this, but Chi Town mm-hmm. Rumble to me is far more engaging. Were you at yes. all put off by that you didn't have, you know, a lot of drop kicks no. or a lot of, you know, hurricane ranas or things I, of that I can nature. do slow. I can do slow. I can't do like 1970s slow. Right. I can't either. But but I can do 1980s slow compared to right now because sometimes now they just do too much and I and I'm not going to be one of those guys who are you know saying oh they do too much nothing means anything because I I enjoy a good you know young bucks match you know mm-hmm. I enjoy it but there are matches there where I can rest 30 seconds until the next big thing or be surprised when a big thing happens because I know it's not going to be a bunch of big things all on top of each other so no I I enjoyed the Ric Flair Ricky Steamboat matches I've seen. Haven't I marveled. Seen two. Haven't you, seen you the uh, the uh, Rage and Cajun match though. Yeah, the, the, that's not bad. The two out of three. It's not. It's not bad. It's a little slower. It, it, it's more fascinating to listen to Terry Funk's commentary on because he's playing very. Terry Funk plays the best Eddie Haskell type of fake courteous character ever. I think on that, but he's giving really good analysis at the same time. In my opinion, uh, you asked me what was different when I watched it. Um, I forget how good Ricky Steamboat was as giving just as good as getting some of those hard chops and some of the slaps in the face and things like that. I think that's what really 
got flair going at the same time is is i think flair's you know how you hear old football players say they miss getting hit in addition to hitting people i think flair's that type of performer who who wanted wanted that kind of toughness in the ring to really get him going as well and i think i think that's the one thing that I really, I really forget how tough of a dude Ricky Steamboat was because you think of him as this aerial performer. You know, the 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 match with Steamboat is very crisp and smooth, but you forget he could be a badass in the ring as well. Match number ten next week: Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania twelve, the main event for the World's Championship of the entire Earth, not just Winter Park, Florida. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 12 is coming up next as we head into the top 10. The top 10 of our top 100 countdown. Rapid fire, Jeff, before we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks as if Rhino and Heath Slater possibly broke up on Talking Smack. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I was waiting for the rapid fire part. Okay. Uh, uh, I think it's time. I think it'll give them both something to do. Are there any Ghiblis in the McRib? no and we have the first results checking in on our poll who would you rather have on the raw announce team up at mclissons 40 votes in in the first couple of minutes it is 50 50 right now byron saxton 50 percent. jerry lawler 50 percent. ben on twitter says what is this horrible sophie's choice you've given us uh exactly <laughs> exactly makes makes you think makes you, you think. know what you know what you've made me think? You've made me think I need a Tino Sabatelli impression for a Shake Them Ropes theater. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just five fifty-five for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app firehouse subs enjoy more subs save more lives participating locations limited time only plus tax prices may vary for delivery enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.